Ready to start talking to your kids about financial literacy? Meet Greenlight, the debit card and money app that teaches kids and teens how to earn, save, spend wisely, and invest with your guardrails in place. Parents can send instant money transfers, automate allowance, and more. Plus, keep an eye on spending with real-time notifications. Join more than 6 million families building healthy financial habits together on Greenlight. Get your first month free at greenlight.com slash odyssey. That's greenlight.com slash odyssey. Jerry was a great dude, and, and everyone that you speak to that knew him personally, I think, would tell you that he was a really, really genuine guy that was super smart. That's Adam O'Brien. He's a Bitcoin entrepreneur from Edmonton. Adam was friends with Gerald Cotton, the late CEO of Quadriga, which was once the biggest Bitcoin exchange in Canada. In early 2019, when Quadriga customers heard that Jerry had died under mysterious circumstances and that the $215 million in their accounts had disappeared, they were suspicious. They accused Jerry of faking his death and stealing their money. So Jerry's colleagues in the Canadian Bitcoin industry rushed to his defense. They told reporters that the Jerry they knew was an honest businessman, and that his death was no conspiracy. When I first heard that Jerry had passed away, I thought it was a huge shame. Jerry was only ever a a good guy. I've only ever seen him being a, a nice man. That's Jerry's friend, Michael Perklin. He's the Bitcoin security expert we heard from last episode. My, my first reaction was, uh, oh, man, that sucks. Uh, the shitty things always happen to the, to the good people. And Quadriga co-founder Michael Patron, Jerry's former business partner, said, Jerry was a ray of sunshine. I hope we are able to find the cold storage coins and fix what's happened to his reputation. In the last episode, though, we found out that there was more to Mike than he let on. Like that his name used to be Omar Danani. And Omar Danani had gone to prison for his role as a money launderer in an identity theft ring. We also heard that he and Jerry were secretly in business together way before Quadriga. So this episode is about Jerry's past. What other secrets was he hiding? Welcome to Exit Scan, a podcast about a mysterious death and a missing fortune. This is part three, the Ponzi scheme. Now, the CEO of one of Canada's biggest cryptocurrency exchanges died while he was on a trip to India. Neighbors on the Kelowna Street where Gerald Cotton owned a home are also stunned. He was the CEO of Cardriga CX. Most of the friends who gave interviews about Jerry after his death knew him through business. But the ones who knew him when he was younger, before Bitcoin, stayed quiet. We contacted a lot of them. They usually said, I lost touch with Jerry a long time ago, so I wouldn't be any help. Or I don't want to talk out of turn and upset Jerry's parents or his widow Jen. None of those friends wanted us to record them. So you won't hear their voices here. But a few of them did tell us, without the microphones on, what they remembered. Here's what we were able to piece together about Jerry's life before Quadriga. Gerald William Cotton was born on May 11th, 1988. He grew up in Belleville, which is about two hours east of Toronto. 
It's a small town, kind of a nowheresville. The city of Belleville is ideally located in eastern Ontario between Toronto, Montreal, and Ottawa. With a population of 49,000, it serves... Jerry's parents are named Bruce and Cheryl. They own an antique store in Belleville. But since Jerry died, their business has moved online, and they hardly ever answer their phone. Hello, you have reached Bruce at Quickie Auction Service, specializing in online auctions. Please refer to our website, quickieauctionservice.com, for answers to most questions you may have. Jerry's parents haven't made any public comments since Jerry's death. Neither is his brother, Brad, who's about two years younger. Friends who knew the Cottons say they were a loving family, but Bruce and Cheryl raised their sons to be independent. They gave them what they needed, but they thought it was important for Jerry and Brad to figure some things out for themselves. There were no trophies for finishing in last place. Jerry's classmates from middle school told us he was quiet but smart. He used to buy candy in bulk, sell it to other kids at a markup. Jerry went to a high school called Bayside Secondary in Belleville. He wasn't very popular. We've seen his yearbooks. He didn't play any sports. He didn't belong to any clubs. He wasn't nominated for any senior awards. Growing up, Jerry's favorite movie was Catch Me If You Can, starring Leonardo DiCaprio as a smooth-talking teenage con artist. But Jerry himself was not very smooth. A couple people told us that in social situations, Jerry usually just acted bored, like he couldn't wait to get home and back to his computer. They said Jerry spent most of his free time on the internet. He seemed to have more friends online than he did in real life. So he was pretty much your average introvert, except for one thing that people thought was a little weird. As a teenager, Jerry had money, a lot of it. Not millions, but way more than you'd expect a high school kid to have even if he had a part-time job. One person who knew him says Jerry used to spread cash out across his bedroom floor just to see how much of it he could cover in bills. Nobody had any idea where that money came from. Jerry graduated from high school in 2006, and he went on to York University in Toronto. He majored in business. In college, he met a woman named Christine, who was a marketing major in his class. She was Jerry's first real girlfriend. Christine was a little more social than Jerry, and they mostly hung out with her friends. After graduation in 2010, they'd all get together at one of their apartments, somebody would make dinner, and they'd play board games like Settlers of Catan. But Jerry was hard to cook for, because around this time he started having stomach problems. He would get pains in his abdomen, and he lost a lot of weight. These were symptoms of what would later be diagnosed as Crohn's disease. But he didn't know that yet, which meant he wasn't taking the right medications. So for a while, Jerry was in and out of the hospital. He used to call his friends and have them run to his apartment to bring him stuff. Change of clothes or his laptop. It seemed like he'd be there overnight. But there was something about Jerry that his friends found a little weird. It was the same thing his high school friends thought was weird. His money. He seemed to have a lot of it, especially for a recent college graduate without a day job. Jerry said he was an entrepreneur. He told people he managed websites, and that he'd invested in Bitcoin. But that didn't really explain his lifestyle. Jerry drove a Porsche, and he had a nice apartment, 
really nice one, was in a fancy new skyscraper on a high floor with a great view. Jerry also took flying lessons. He eventually got his pilot's license. In 2012, he posted a video to YouTube of himself flying a Cessna 150 high above Ontario with Christine in the passenger seat. Jerry had more cash than he knew what to do with. In another test of Canada's new plastic money, I'm gonna see what happens when I put it in the microwave. That's Jerry in another YouTube video, just drawing a $20 bill. All of the holograms have actually melted. They're incredibly hot. But Jerry's favorite way to spend money was on travel. He and Christine took vacations constantly. They road tripped all over Canada and spent a whole month in Europe and hit most of the Caribbean too. Hey there, my name's Christine, also known as Schnuckle Bunny, and today I'm going to be giving you some tips on what you should pack for a cruise. Christine was an aspiring travel influencer. She called herself Schnuggle Bunny and made her own YouTube videos with vacation hacking advice that she picked up over the many, many trips she and Jerry went on together. I've been to the Disney parks in both Florida and California eight times over the past three years, and I've used this trick each time and have never been turned away. Influencing wasn't really Jerry's thing, but he did make a few reluctant appearances in Christine's videos. Here we are at the world's largest McDonald's. I'm excited. Are you excited, Jerry? I am excited. You can just feel Jerry's excitement. I got the McRib, which I have never, ever had before. And Jerry got the Quarter Pounder with cheese. Ooh, double Quarter Pounder with cheese. That sounds like sort of a risky lunch order for somebody with GI problems. But anyway, Jerry and Christine broke up sometime in 2012 or 2013. And after that, a lot of Jerry's old friends said they lost touch with him. They told me it was almost like he dropped off the face of the earth. Some of them didn't even know that he started a Bitcoin exchange or met Jan, the woman who would become his wife. Some never saw or heard from Jerry again. Selling a little or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow, whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits. Shopify helps you sell everywhere, from their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is their 
there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odysseypodcast, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash odysseypodcast now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash odysseypodcast. Knowing how to speak and understand a new language can be an invaluable tool when traveling, meeting new friends, or just even to master a new skill. But it's not always simple when you're bogged down by textbooks and structure classes. That's why so many people trust Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program, available on desktop or as an app. It truly immerses you in the language you want to learn, like Spanish, French, Italian, Chinese, and more. You won't just be studying English translations. The Rosetta Stone intuitive process helps you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com rs10. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com rs10 today. Jerry allegedly died in 2018 on his honeymoon in India with $215 million belonging to his customers unaccounted for. But even though the story of his death smelled fishy, Canadian authorities were slow to do much about it, at least publicly. That meant Quadriga's customers were on their own. If they wanted a real probe into Jerry and their missing money, they'd have to make it happen themselves. And so they did. They poured over social media accounts belonging to Jerry and all of his associates. They pulled Jerry's property records. At least one customer hired a private detective, and they shared notes online. I got very interested in Quadriga and did a lot of research into it early on, and that somehow attracted a lot of attention. That's Amy Castor. She's a reporter who covers Bitcoin. I decided that I was just going to create this timeline because there was so much information out there, it was hard to put it together. A few weeks after Jerry's death was announced, Amy spent a week creating a massive timeline of all the events in the case and posted it on her website. And I thought, well, I'm going to collect as much information as possible. I'm going to put up links to all the documents. I'm going to write about everything possible that we know, and I'm going to put it into this timeline. After Amy posted her timeline, Quadriga's customer detectives started feeding her information they dug up. They wanted her to write more about Jerry to bring attention to the case. She got a tip from an anonymous customer. It goes by the name QCX Int. QCX Int, like, like Quadriga CX Intelligence, that some people just refer to as Q. Just to be clear, QCX Int has nothing to do with QAnon. It's a totally different Q. Q, he followed these trails that Gerald Cotton and Michael Patron left on the internet. Web addresses, the, the email accounts, the phone numbers, the addresses. QCX Int had found an old account that belonged to Jerry on a shady, now defunct web forum called Talk Gold. Talk Gold was a message board for people who ran high-yield investment programs, or H-Y-I-P's for short. In layman's terms, these were Ponzi schemes. 
Jerry created his Talk Gold account in July of 2003. He would have been 15 years old at the time. His username was Scepter. In January 2004, Jerry, under the name Scepter, launched a website called SNS Investments. It was a high-yield investment program with a janky, basic HTML website. SS was one of the high-yield investment programs that Gerald Cotton ran on Talk Gold, which was an online forum for promoting these high-yield investment programs, or Ponzi's. Just call them Ponzi's. Here's how SNS worked. You would send Jerry money. He accepted Eagle, the pre-Bitcoin digital currency. And then, according to the SNS website, within 48 hours, you would get back 103 to 150% of your investment. Or maybe even more. Here's what Jerry said on the website. I'm afraid I'm not going to fill this section of the page with the usual boomf about how your returns are made. This isn't really Jerry's voice. It's our sound editor, James, who is from the same part of Canada. We do not invest in stocks, bonds, shares, precious metals, or antiques. All I will say is that we will generate your return and that we are not what is called a Ponzi or pyramid scheme. This is an absolutely amazing opportunity, which not only offers but delivers returns that exceed most Ponzi or pyramid programs. That was Jerry's pitch. SNS Investments was definitely not a Ponzi scheme, but somehow it generated even better returns than most Ponzi schemes. And amazingly, it seemed to work. More than 200 people signed up. And for a little while, SNS actually seemed to deliver on what it promised. Talk Gold members made posts thanking Jerry for all the money they were making. But how was a 15-year-old paying out 150% returns? Well, he was using a technique that goes back hundreds of years. He was robbing Peter to pay Paul. Jerry was using the money from new customers to pay old ones. That's how Ponzi schemes work. It's like, oh my gosh, since 15, he was a con man. I mean, he was running these schemes since he was a kid. When new customers dry up, the whole thing collapses. Every Ponzi scheme in history has eventually collapsed. And in April 2004, three months after it launched, SNS investments stopped paying out. Jerry apologized and claimed that the company behind eGold had suddenly frozen his account, which meant he no longer had access to his customers' money. He wanted to pay them back, but he couldn't. The Ponzi scheme fails, and usually the operator makes up some obscure, ridiculous reason for what happened. It fell apart. Somebody stole the funds. So, sorry, I can't give everybody your money back right now. Jerry announced a plan to give SNS customers refunds. And some customers did get their money back. Or at least a few Talk Gold Forum members claimed to have been made whole. One of the members vouching for Jerry was someone you know, Michael Patron, the future co-founder of Quadriga. Using the handle Patron, Mike wrote, Thanks, Scepter. We don't know if Jerry and Mike were working together in 2004. But at the very least, it looks like 19-year-old Mike did 15-year-old Jerry a professional favor. 
Soon after that, though, all refunds to SNS customers slowed down. And then Jerry returned to Talk Gold and announced another Ponzi scheme. He said the proceeds from this one would help him pay refunds to customers from the last one. It was called Lucky Invest. And the pitch was pretty similar to SNS Investments, but this time there was a disclaimer. This is a game. It will not have any refunds. About a month later, Lucky Invest went bust too. So by the time he turned 16, Jerry already had at least two Ponzi schemes under his belt. Maybe that explains how a teenager with no job always seemed to have so much money. But what Jerry did next was even more brazen. He started hustling in person. It was the summer of 2006, just as Jerry was about to start his freshman year at York University in Toronto. Under the alias Voltaire, like I said, he was a college freshman, he launched a new high-yield investment program called United Private Investment Enterprise, a.k.a. UPI. But UPI wasn't just another anonymous Ponzi like SNS Investments or Lucky Invest. Voltaire liked to do business face-to-face. This is from the UPI website. Voltaire is constantly traveling across the United States, Canada, and Europe in search of new investment opportunities to expand the UPI portfolio. If Voltaire is in your town, it is more than likely he would be thrilled to stop, have a chat, or even enjoy a nice dinner. Voltaire announced he was planning a trip to Toronto if anyone wanted to meet up. A few investors took him up on it. They say they had dinner with someone who claimed to be Voltaire at a vegetarian restaurant about a half hour's drive from Jerry's dorm. Voltaire told the group his real name was Dan Vanaman. He was 20 years old and he was in town from Florida. He pitched the investors on UPI over a nice dinner. About four months later though, UPI's website went offline and Voltaire disappeared, never to be heard from again. So Jerry had an MO. He lured investors with promises of huge returns and then he ran away with their money. And then he did it again. Maybe he never stopped. But that wasn't the only trick in Jerry's bag. It was versatile. Remember how he told his friends he managed websites? Well, it was true. QCXN, the Quadriga customer turned anonymous detective, put together a list of website domain names that Jerry registered over the years. They included ridofzits.com, allergictocorn.com, kneepainwhenbending.com, and goutrelief.org. I could keep going. There are a lot more, but you get the idea. None of these websites were very useful, even if you were allergic to corn or your knees hurt when you bent them. These were just search engine spam, pretty bottom feeder stuff, and not particularly lucrative. But Jerry also ran lots of other schemes. He was a member of a web forum called Black Hat World. It's a place where scammers share tips and ask for advice. Sort of a Quora for petty crime. Between 2012 and 2015, Jerry posted there more than 300 times under the usernames Scepter and Murdoch1337. And he seems to have been involved in all sorts of fraud. 
Jerry asked Black Hat World members for help with cashing out the money he made on eBay scams, selling things from bogus accounts. He posted a wanted ad for a shilling expert. That is, somebody who would pretend to be a satisfied customer of one of his scams, leave phony positive reviews around the internet. In a post from December 2012, about a year before he launched Quadriga, Jerry crowdsourced ideas for how he could con a local business. Here's what the post said. I have a rental storage unit, and recently the owner of the storage facility screwed up and sent out a mass email to everyone who has a unit and included everyone's emails in the email. Is there a way I can monetize this through some sort of storage affiliate program? Or should I consider selling the client list to another local competitor? Any suggestions? When I read that, I thought, Jerry wanted to screw over the poor owner of some little storage locker business just because they forgot to use BCC on an email? How profitable could a scam like that even be? But maybe it wasn't about the money anymore. Maybe Jerry was just addicted to ripping people off. In the fall of 2012, Jerry launched a new high-yield investment program. This time, he even paid an actor to star as a satisfied customer in a cheap-looking video. A few years ago, I was struggling with my financial portfolio. The stock market was plummeting. Banks were offering pathetic returns, and my investments, they were falling behind. According to its website, this high-yield investment program was run by four venture capitalists and had offices in Toronto, Montreal, and Vancouver. Also, the name of this program might sound familiar. It felt like there was no solution. That is, until I found the Quadriga Fund. That's right, the Quadriga Fund. The Quadriga is a chariot pulled by four horses. In sculptures of the Roman god Jupiter, he's often driving a Quadriga and holding a scepter. While most bank investments require you to lock in funds for five years, the Quadriga Fund allows me to withdraw at any time without penalty. Overall, I couldn't be more satisfied with the Quadriga Fund. The Quadriga Fund never really made it off the ground. Its website disappeared a couple months after it went up. There were no angry customers complaining about stolen money this time, which made it safe for Jerry to recycle the name for the Bitcoin exchange he launched a year later. So Quadriga, the Bitcoin exchange, was founded by a veteran Ponzi schemer. And it was named after a Ponzi scheme. And it ended the same way every Ponzi scheme ends. It collapsed and investors lost their money. Which all raises the question, was Quadriga a Ponzi scheme from the very beginning? On the next episode of Exit Scam. I'd already at that point gotten a tip that, you know, Quadrico was in bigger trouble than anyone had thought or anyone knew. We realized the money was gone pretty much immediately from the code that's on the blockchain. Five days later, I opened my mailbox and there's a nice yellow envelope and it was $20,000. 
and it was literally taped together inside the yellow envelope. They didn't even ship it FedEx. They didn't DHL it. They didn't send it even a signature Canada Post. Exit Scam is an original production of Treats Media. You can get next week's episode right now exclusively on the Odyssey app. Odyssey has all the podcasts you crave, plus the music, news, and sports that matter to you. That's A-U-D-A-C-Y. Download it for free today from the App Store or Google Play. I'm your host, Aaron Lammer. I wrote and produced this show with Lane Brown. Mixing and additional editing by Martin D. Fowler. Show art and art direction by Mickey Duget. The theme song is by Francis and the Lights, and the scoring from this episode was by Francis Starlight, Mark Allen Piccolo, Ross Simonini, Martin D. Fowler, and myself, with additional cues from Epidemic Sounds and Blue Dot Sessions. Our executive producers are Max Linsky, Lane Brown, and myself for Treats Media. Additional sound editing and producing by James Nicholson, He also played Jerry in this episode. Additional producing by Jacqueline Scurry. Special thanks to Jake Schreier for coaching me through the narration of this and other episodes. Thanks to Jenna Weiss-Berman and everyone at Pineapple Studios for everything they've done for the show. Thanks to Lizzie Denahan, J.D. Crowley, Ann Garrett, Jake Hang, Patty Greco, Evan Ratliff, Joel Lovell, Niraj Agrawal, Ledger Status, and anyone else I'm forgetting. We'll be back next week. <laughs>